You're listening to the Athletic Motion Golf Podcast. I'm Mike Renato, and I'm here with my good buddy and co-founder in AMG, Sean Webb. We have one goal with this podcast, to help you improve your game. We're going to do that by showing you what the best players in the world do, and then show you how to incorporate those same moves into your own swing. And we're going to do it all in 15 minutes or less. Today's episode is brought to you by Live View Golf. We use the Live View Pro every day in lessons because it gives our golfers the necessary feedback for improvement. The Live View Pro is like having a swing studio in your pocket. It's a tool we recommend to anyone serious about improving their swing. Check it out at liveviewsports.com backslash AMG to get $40 off at checkout. Sean, we got 15 seconds. Minutes. That'll be a really Close fast, enough. that'll be a really fast uh, <laughs> podcast. 15 minutes on the clock. Let's get started. Today is a really good topic that's going to help, hopefully help a lot of golfers by clearing up what they're trying to do in the golf swing. And you talk about all the time, it's having the right concept goes a long way in improving your golf swing. It all starts with a concept, right? If, if you know what you're supposed to be doing in your swing, um, that goes a long way towards trying to figure out how to make that movement happen. But if you've got poor concepts in your head, you literally have zero chance to make the motion that you need to make. So again, like Mike said, a lot of these podcast episodes just about cleaning up your concepts a little bit because that's kind of where it all starts. Absolutely. And I would say take ownership of what you're trying to do and go one step further. Don't take our word for it. You know, watch watch our videos on YouTube or on Instagram or on Facebook and look at the actual data. Don't take anybody's word for what happens in the golf swing you know, do a little research and find out if that's actually what happens. We're in, a, we're in an age now of golf instruction where we can measure things, measure more things than we ever have been in the past. And there's a lot of things that just aren't that accurate that we thought were accurate based on the tools that we had in previous generations. So do your own research, look at the videos that we're showing, look at the data that we show and come to your own conclusions. We have a gears a library on our website, on our membership site, that is just that. It's gear swings. You can go through there and it's like you own the software. You can go through and look at the golf swings and answer your own questions and say, okay, this I thought it was this, but they're actually doing this. Like, that's strange. So you can kind of tune up your own intents. That is huge in the golf swings. We got one second to hit this ball. And, you know, if you have the wrong intent, but things aren't typically going to turn out right. Yeah, that, that- – ties into what we're talking today about just kind of knowing what the upper body is supposed to do in regards to rotation. And, you know, I think everybody knows they need to rotate the body. Um, everybody always thinks about the lower body, but how the upper body rotates and moves is, um, is just as important because it's attached to the arms and which is attached to the hands and the club. So you've got to get this piece, correct. The timing of the movement and the amount of rotation, uh, that happens in order to get club face control and ultimately ball control. That's right. And if we talk in general terms, the hips are going to rotate the most. If we just look at the hips, chest, and shoulders, the hips are going to rotate the most in the golf swing. About half, excuse me, I got that backwards. The hips are going to rotate the least. Mm -hmm. The shoulder, the chest is going to be about twice as much as the hips. Mm -hmm. And then the shoulders are going to be more than that. Mm-hmm. depending on the player and flexibility level and all that. That's exactly right. So if we're, say, 30 degrees open at impact, 
the chest is going to be around 15 to 20 degrees open. And then the shoulders are going to be right around square. Yeah, square to slightly open the, the body line we use on gears. We can see from above, we can see that, yeah, the trunk is open, but where the shoulders are in space can be square to slightly open um, at right at impact. Right, and that's one of those things that we talked about just a little bit ago that has changed the more we've been able to measure. Most people are under the impression that basically the chest and shoulders are the same. They are totally different. And you're not, not going to get good results trying to get the shoulders as open as the chest. Yeah. And I think if you're trying to kind of visualize that, um, if you put an alignment stick across your shoulders and just kind of held it and imposed impact because your body's tilted to the right. Some, the shoulders will look a little bit square, but if you put a pointer straight out from your chest with your finger, that'll show like slightly or it'll show rotated and, you know, we, we see it every day. People come in and say, okay, I need to get more open. And just like the hips, they're trying to get their chest open or way open, let's say 20 to 30 degrees. And that golfer almost inevitably starts swiping across the ball and swinging over the top and, and doing all those things that golfers hate doing. And um, normally I just kind of get them to understand that difference between where the rib cage is rotating, where the shoulders can and need to be. And that kind of clears up a lot of it for them. That's exactly right. And you can, a, a good way to see what your ability to rotate your shoulders is, is to the stand. Kind of retraction and, yeah. Yes. So it's just to stand square to a wall. We do this all the time in lessons. So I'm just standing in my talking posture, just straight up and down, square to the wall. And I just hold my arm straight out level with the ground, like a, like a Frankenstein look. You're back to the wall right now, right? Basically. I, I always face my chest to the wall. Okay, got it. And, all right, so I've got my hands pointing to the wall. I'm kind of look like Frankenstein. Now, I'm not going to let my chest rotate. I'm going to keep my chest square to the wall. All I want to do is pull one arm back and the other arm forward while keeping my arms straight. So I'm pulling back, which is retracting my shoulder, right shoulder, left shoulder is going forward, Then I just reverse that. What we found is that most golfers, and it, it really doesn't matter with age unless there's a an injury or something in the – in the shoulder or the uh, collarbone, but assuming a healthy individual really doesn't matter what age is golfers have about a 20 to 30 degree range of motion there aside from their chest, independent of the torso, independent of the torso that you can turn. That's that extra 20 to 30 degrees of rotation in the backswing. That's like a fifth gear for your speed production that goes way beyond what you can rotate your chest. You absolutely want to take advantage of that in the golf swing. Now, most golfers, aren't one, aren't aware of that because they think when the chest stops turning, everything else stops turning. And then Man, the yeah. arms kind of just run off and go. And we've had one of our pros in uh, last week, and he, was, his, he was, wasn't getting a rotation he's looking for. So kind of the holy grail for uh, – not the holy grail, but kind of the, the, the benchmark for driving on tour is 360. So 300 yards carry – 60% accuracy. If you can do that, you are in a really good place for making money out there on tour. And he was just short of that. He needed some more yards to get that. And he wasn't far off, but you know, on that level, one yard can sometimes mean the difference of a lot of money. So when these mm-hmm. guys are in such, you know, everything's in such a fine line out there that, you know, just any edge you can get. Razor's edge. Razor's edge. Any edge you can get is a good edge. So, we did the same test with him and he wasn't, his chest was, I think 
stopping at roughly within five degrees, if I remember correctly, of his shoulder turn. So they were both moving at the same. And he did that with his shoulders, and he had 40 degrees of rotation in his shoulders that he, he was, was not using in his golf swing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he started to tap into that in the lesson when we were working with him. And he, he could see it there on gears, and he says, okay, yeah, that makes sense. I can see that that moving. I can see that freedom of movement. And then the club head speed immediately started jumping up four miles an hour, five miles an hour. And that's huge for taking a player that good on that level and finding them free yards like that. That's, no. you know, one of the best players in the world. Now, he's already finely tuned. Now you go take a guy who's a 10 handicapper, a 12 handicap, and find a lot more room for improvement when you're looking at something like that. Yeah, you make a good point. I was talking about the back, the, the impact position earlier, but man, you know, lessons I give every single day. I'd say it's a number one, probably the number one backswing issue in regards to the kind of the shoulders and the arms and the structure of the backswing at the top. I call it the right shoulder being bunched up. Mm. I just kind of came up with that term. Uh, it's a very technical just, term. Yeah. I mean, I try to, you know, in lessons, you're trying to give people something they can think about and it makes sense to them. And when that right shoulder doesn't finish retracting, I'll get in there and and pull on the club away from their right shoulder and push their right shoulder behind their head. I I mean, this is for a right-handed golfer. I do that probably a thousand times a day. I've seen you do that. So a guy will be at the top of the backswing and mm -hmm. you'll kind of grab his hands Mm -hmm. and then push his shoulder away from his hands. Yep. Yep. I put them top of backswing and they go, well, I've never done that before. <laughs> you can literally like, almost see the light bulb go off on top of their head. I mean, I, I can fix swings in 30 seconds doing that. But with the way I do it first, let's say they come in and their shoulders bunched up. Normally those guys get really steep. There's a lot of over the top guys. They mm-hmm. just, that's the way they're positioned because once they get their body in that position, a lot of times the hip reacts by sliding to the right as well. So they, they're in a position that guarantees them over the top. I know it might be hard to think about, but it happens. You're just reacting to the body and arm position. So I'll unbunch them. And then when I do that, their right hip automatically goes where it needs to go. So it goes kind of recenters, just because it's like a coupled way to do it. When I push the shoulder back, the right hip goes back around with it. I'll make them pause and then I'll make them hit a ball from there. And I will say if they came in with 10 degrees over the top, on a track man, which is a massive over the top pull slice pattern, I can get them inside out hitting a draw within two swings. Now, when I leave them alone, they can't do it yet. Obviously, it's a motor pattern change, but they get the buy in right away that, okay, this is the major issue is that I've got, you know, I've, I've got, I'm turning my trunk too much without this independent shoulder retraction. And it is, I would say, I fix more swings of that than I do anything else over the last whatever. It's been, shoot 20 years now so i i think man you made a good point about the backswing i was thinking impact but the backswing obviously is even more important i think so i mean you can you can improve impact and you know we're we're blessed to work with some really cool players some super talented players and then you know we get to work with scott hamilton all the time and you you see things and you you see how what he sees as as important in the golf swing because he's out there every single week with these guys, you know, sometimes 10, 12 in the field. And you see from the high end, right, 
best players in the world competing for all that money every single week. And it filters all the way down, right, to everybody who picks up a club. And you really start to understand what's important in the golf swing. We've got that one second from address to impact. And we, we can't try to do 17 things in that one second. So you really start to boil all this down, especially when you work with really good players. You have to really distill it down because they have to perform. They can't think and drop another ball. If they if they hit one into the water at Pebble Beach, they don't get to drop another ball and try it again, right? They've got, you know, that's that's money right there out of their pocket. So you have to distill it down to some of these most basic ideas in the swing. And this is one of them that – that right arm in the backswing for a right-handed golfer and that right shoulder. Uh, you know, we have this redneck theory that once you make a pivot and things start to rotate out of your vision, like for a right-handed golfer, your right arm and right shoulder leave your vision, you forget about them. them. And when those things stop moving, the golf swing gets really bad really fast. When they mm-hmm. keep moving, which is what you're talking about, when you keep retracting that right shoulder, you get so many things for free on the downswing. Yeah, and, and like the Mike Mike always says, and the more we do this, I think we Scott, we kind of got this from Scott too. The more we do this, the more we become backswing teachers. And you know, obviously, poor concepts can kill you on the downswing too. Like we alluded to earlier, with where the shoulders need to be, and you don't need to be, you know, thirty degrees open with the shoulder line, right? At impact, that's just going to make you swing across the ball. Um, you know, j- just having the concepts that you need to have in order to get the, the shoulder behind you at the top and get in a good position. I mean, it, it goes a long ways towards a fixing the downswing plane. Like a lot of you are over the top. You're going to fix it just by getting to a better position there, but you're also going to get more club head speed and who doesn't want both of those things. <laughs> and again, it's a lot of free stuff on the downswing when that's taken care of. So the hips roughly will turn about 45 degrees in the backswing. The chest will turn, 70 to 75 and then the rest of it is shoulder turn if you're a guy that's not turning his shoulders beyond his chest and again it's that retraction protraction of the shoulders you're literally leaving big yards on the table for it yeah and you know i've you see guys at the trunk gets like you know rory gets the trunk over 90 i believe and you know his shoulders like 130 but not everybody can do that so if you're, yeah, like Mike said, if, if you're looking at your swing, say, I need more shoulder turn, I need more shoulder turn, and you're only focused on what the trunk is doing, you're leaving that important piece on the table. And now, granted, the right arm has a lot to do with this. I think we had, an, I think we did another episode about the right arm. That motion can make or break you. And all this stuff is interrelated, but um, just knowing what the is supposed to happen is going to go a long ways for you to get better at golf. That's exactly right. And Scott says it all the time. We've adopted it. If you're going to change something in the golf swing, you're going to have more bang for your buck or more bang for your time you spend working on your swing, doing it in the slowest moving parts of the swing. And for everybody, that's the back swing, mm-hmm. right? The top of the swing is is the three-quarter mark. Half The three-quarters of the swing is gone by the top. So if you can get that first three-quarters, that slower moving part of the golf swing dialed in, that last quarter of a second from the top to impact becomes so much easier. You can have so much more fun playing the game because that should be the reaction. That should be the results of the work you did in the backswing, not the time to make up for everything you did in the backswing. And how the club goes into the backswing affects how it comes out of the top of the backswing. So how it goes into transition affects how it comes out of transition. If you can you know, kind of get that 
mentally um, that thought process going, that's going to help you moving forward. Absolutely. Well, that's our intro to upper body rotation. We talked on the chest, we talked on the shoulders, and then how it all relates to the arm movement. We'll certainly talk more about that in future episodes, but we wanted to just put that out there to you guys to have the right concept because it's really going to make a difference in your swing. Sean, is there anything else we need to talk about here before we take off? No, I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you know someone you think this can help, please share it with them. We're trying to help as many golfers as we can, and you can help us do that. Awesome. Thank you guys for listening. We will see you on the next one.